Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hi everyone and welcome to On The House, the Household Management Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Gabriella Yastra, coming to you from NAM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's begin. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about how to make your home safe for seniors and people with disabilities. And we're going to be talking with Alfred Rochon, who is an accessibility assessor, business owner, president and CEO of Accessible Places Incorporated. And their slogan is A Place for All. Hi, thanks for joining me. Gabriella, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Thank you. Um, Before we get going and talking about our um, interesting topic, um, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better. And um, so do you mind introducing yourself in a bit more detail? Well, um, as you mentioned, I'm an accessibility assessor, which means that I go and do assessments in uh, either a residential situation or a commercial situation. Uh, We do an assessment of the things that uh, uh, people would need to access their home or their business uh, properly so that for people that are seniors or people with disabilities would not have difficulty uh, in their workplace or their space at home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great because um, something that I don't think about often, um, but you know, the places that we work and live, they're not always accessible for every, everyone. Um, and I think that that needs to change. Um, but we will be talking about that in a bit more detail um, later on in our interview. Uh, but, but, but before we do that, uh, we're going to do a section we call Have You Met Alfred, uh, where we get to know you in a bit more detail. Um, so do you have a role model? Well... I had to think about that, and uh, the best mm-hmm. that I could come up with is um, the Rick Hansen Foundation um, and the work that they do. Um, they were very, very beneficial to me in my situation to um, retrain myself to do some uh, assessments with them. In conjunction with them, um, and what I do, uh, well, what I did is had a, a full training course through them, and I was eventually certified by the CSA Group, which is um, Canadian Standard Association, um, and uh, that's the work that I do. Their role model is ideal because. Rick Hansen is, uh, is in a similar situation that I am. He had a, an accident when he was a young man, and he became paralyzed from the waist down. And he has um, been totally confined to a wheelchair 
And uh, similar to myself, I am still in a wheelchair after a stroke. So um, looking at his life and the journey that he followed gave me a lot of inspiration because of all the things that he managed to accomplish. He had a, an amazing um, world tour where he was uh, called a man in motion, where he was going in his wheelchair across the world in so many different countries. So that was a, a big inspiration uh, that somebody that has disabilities can move forward. And as for me, I, it was a, an inspiration as well, and I have been able to concentrate on the positive side of life and the things that are happening around me instead of focusing on the negative. Whereas, yeah, focusing on the positives, you know, you, you obviously need, I guess, to be aware of some of the negatives, but keeping a focus on the positives mean that you can keep going forward. Um, that's, that's really inspirational. Um, and speaking of inspiration, um, did you complete any courses that have inspired you? Uh, well, as I said, the Rick Hansen course, of course, and I've also mm -hmm. taken the certification with Age Safe Canada to uh, do assessments specifically uh, in the homes of people with uh, seniors, especially, but people with disabilities to improve their situation at home and to um, mm -hmm. be able to, um, uh, well, to focus on those situations, those, those things. But um. So uh, moving on to uh, our topic for today, we like to start off every podcast um, with a definition of what household management is to you so that um, we can get a gauge of what's important for you. So what do you, how do you define household management? Well, uh, household management has the definition has changed a great deal uh, over the years, I think, because when I was growing up, there was, it was just a way of life. Okay, we didn't, we weren't concerned about that. But here in the today's world, we have all these uh, busy schedules to deal with, and uh, having home management is an important part. And you need to reach out uh, and organize all the things in your lives to uh, make things better. Uh, and the, or being organized is, is definitely the way to go. <laughs> um, and are there any misconceptions about household management? The misconception that people have especially uh, is dealing around a stay-at-home parent that would be uh, in the environment. You know, the, the, they think that uh, today people are uh, staying home to manage their home, but it's not the case anymore. There's so many... Uh, things that people do and they're working and they're uh, having life and having sports and doing all these things that are keeping them extremely busy. So um, having these skills is very crucial and to focus on that is very important and uh, that I think his most mis that that uh, is misconception. 
Certainly. I know that um, some of the parents I've spoken to and that I know their kids have got such busy schedules. You know, one parent's just shuttling them around between various activities and they don't have any time to be at home. Um, you know, keeping everything managed, doing the washing, doing the cooking. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's both good and bad. You know, it's great that kids get to, you know, do all these different activities and also adults get to do all these activities, but we still need a place to live, a lovely place to live. Um, yeah. So, We'd also like to, you know, start off some definitions of what home safety is um, and why it's important. Well, home safety is a big, big part of all of this. When you're a senior or, or someone with disability, it magnifies the importance of safety at home. Um, the... Um, there's so many things that could go wrong. And a lot of times people don't realize the changes that uh, people go through, especially in this situation. Um, it's, there's so many things uh, that are, can be a problem. Just a matter of having clutter around the house is an issue. So you have to make sure uh, that you are uh, keeping things in place, that you're um, that you're doing things properly at home to be organized. Um, there's there's things that could prevent you from. Um, from having problems, uh, you're, there's the there's hazardous materials around you. There's uh, you could have problems lifting and transferring um, from one place to another. You could uh, have issues with uh, in, when you're cooking. Uh, you could have uh, uh, oh, you could have all kinds of other things such as uh, smoke and carbon detectors could be uh, something to look into. Um, there's um, the things that come to mind are, are uh, there's so many things that need to be looked into to make sure that these, situ these situations don't get worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so, I mean, so home safety is a problem for everyone, I guess, who has a home or everyone. Um, so for things like clutter, things like, you know, kitchen safety. I mean, I've certainly um, seen a few fires in um, my mom's house in the kitchen. Luckily, nothing went wrong, but um, it can be a danger for everyone. Um, but you're saying that for people um, with disabilities or seniors, um, it it's a bit more of a risk for them because of, um, so why is that? Well, the, you have um, problems with vision, you have problems with hearing, mm -hmm. you have different disabilities that could accentuate the issues. Uh, seniors have that and so do people with disabilities. 
Um, the importance of, uh, of looking at the things around you and, and uh, is what you, we do when we assess a, a home. We look at all the features mm -hmm. around, uh, you know, everything from the position of a wall outlet and where it, it would mm -hmm. be best used and, if, and things of that sort. Or uh, we look at uh, carpets and rugs and we look at different um, options, uh, you know, for people uh, going through the home. Uh, as far as a placement of furniture, and uh, we look at door locks, and we just look at all kinds of different areas. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you said that um, yeah, your job is as um, an accessibility assessor, um, and that's what Accessible Places does. So those are the types of things that you're looking for: are yeah, power outlets, carpets. Um, so yeah, how who who are using these types of um, yeah. services? Um, just people with uh, disabilities and seniors? Well, it's fairly new uh, in today's mm -hmm. world. Um, mm -hmm. It's similar to what we discussed about home management. Uh, mm -hmm. Things times have changed, so we mm -hmm. are trying to make. Uh, people aware of the importance of looking at their situation and uh, having that proper assessment because especially seniors as they are getting elder in their years of, they need to um, be prepared to transition into that space and we're the things that we do is called age in place. And it's a, um, uh, something that we, we call that because the senior resident would be, is hoping to stay in their home as long as possible without having to be mm -hmm. uh, transferred into a nursing home or something of that nature. So the, um, uh, uh, the agents in place is a term that was developed from that. Um, people need to realize that, as I said, things are changing. So we look at many different areas. Uh, we go right from outside uh, as you come in the, uh, the driveway, the garage, uh, all those things, because you, as you're um, having your life, uh, living your life every day, you go into all these places, and there are certain things that definitely need to be addressed. And uh, mm -hmm. we talked about clutter. Clutter is very important. If you can keep your um, uh, floors open so that there's a at least a traffic pattern through throughout the house mm. so that you don't have clutter in the, any of those areas so that you can easily maneuver through uh, the rooms and uh, 
you know, so that you don't trip and that you don't fall, which is an important part of all mm -hmm. this. So uh, we look at a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, what are some other areas that you look at? So you've mentioned clutter, um, but what are some other common changes that you make to a lot of houses or that um, you see as problems in the houses that you assess? Well, an important part is the lighting. That's very important for mm -hmm. uh, most people, especially people uh, in early, uh, as have vision impairment, but also with seniors have harder times seeing. Um, and so it's, it's important to have proper lighting. Um, the surfaces that we have around us as we travel from one room to another need to be flat and, and uh, free of, um, uh, of any um, uh, steps or bumps. <laughs> yes, or that sort of thing. I'm trying to find the right words, mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily come when I want them. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, there's those, those, those things that we need to do. Um, doorways need to be wide enough because uh, someone in a with a disability could be in a wheelchair or walking with a walker. And they need enough space going through rooms to be able to uh, function and to be able to uh, proceed safely through the house. Um, there are so many things that need to be addressed. There are problems normally in the kitchen where there's all kinds of um, uh of changes and upgrades that need to be done if you are in a wheelchair or you're trying to uh, be able to reach all your uh, different uh, appliances and all these things need to be reassessed. Um, mm -hmm. We, when you go into a washroom, there's things uh, as well that need to be in place there. Uh, grab bars are uh, usually an important part um, so that you don't have, um, so you don't slip or uh, you have a way to hold on if you are um, moving on a wet floor or any things of mm. that nature. So the important things that an assessment makes a huge difference. Mm. <laughs> And it certainly seems like there's so many different things to think about. Um, and it all depends on um, what your abilities and your disabilities are. So that's why having a home assessment is so important is um, because you might miss something if you don't usually do this. Um, so after you have um, a home assessment, um, what are some things that you can do? Um, you mentioned grab bars, but um, how easy is it to you know, install some of these things? Uh, well, uh, some things are easy, some things are not. It depends. Mm -hmm. There's different things that uh, your space will 
will allow. You may have a small space and then you are limited on spaces, uh, on changes in your space. Um, you may have um, a lack of funds to make these spaces, uh, to make the changes needed. Uh, there's a lot of things that can come up, uh, but there's, um, mm -hmm. as far as doing renovations, uh, it's still usually less expensive than to um, to change your environment and go into a nursing home or going to a, a separate facility where you are. It's much better and much more um, enjoyable as well for the person to stay in their home as long as possible. Hmm, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that it would be cheaper to do the renovations than to move into um, an assisted um, living situation. That's interesting. And obviously, yeah, much nicer to have, you know, the place that you've lived for a while, you know, with all your um, your memories than to go into some facility like where um, you don't know anyone and you have to learn a whole new system. We're fortunate hmm. here as well. In Canada, we have some help from the government and as far as having some renovation grants. So it helps to, uh, to get these things put in place. Oh, that's very good. Um, I guess it'll be up to our listeners to find out um, what sort of grants and um, subsidies are available in their areas. But if you are in Canada, um, there is something available for you if you're um, looking at something like this. Um, so, and that also addresses a misconception I think that I had, which was that, um, you know, renovating the home would be expensive, um, or that, you know, you needed a certain type of home, um, a large home that you can renovate. Um, so you're saying that some things are, uh, doable, you know, if you don't want to want to do massive renovations. Is yes, that correct? there is, uh, it's. There are so many things that can be done that are just simple renovations or simple changes. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's just a matter of placing things in a different place. It's, it can be that simple. So, okay. uh, sometimes it's just small things like changing uh, a door handle uh, to make it easier mm -hmm. for a person with um, dexterity issues to um, uh, to try to be able to open the door properly. There's a lot of small things, uh, but the the major renovations are usually a uh, bathroom renovation or a kitchen renovation. And in any size space, you have those. So you can easily make mm -hmm. small or more extensive renovations if needed. Mm. And I guess if required, you can start off with, you know, the bathroom or the kitchen and then move to the rest of the house if required. Uh, well, that's where an assessment comes in. If, if you know mm -hmm. what is needed, you can prioritize and see which way it is best mm. to proceed. Um, because uh, 
if you're in a home and you're going to tackle large renovations, it can mean displacement for a while. It can mean a lot of other things. But starting with the small things gives you the opportunity to see how things are going to be before you actually go forward with larger renovations. Hmm, that's a great point. But we seem to have covered quite a few of the uh, questions in the interview. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? So did you want to talk about some of the injuries um, or are you happy to move on to, because you had some really great um, points about, um, you know, maintaining smoke detectors, carbon monoxide. Did you want to talk about that type of thing? Uh, okay, well, I, what I would like to, to mention a little bit about uh, the injuries, mm -hmm. first of all. Okay, um, sure. Falls okay. are the most important part of uh, okay. being at home. Sure. Because so many seniors especially will fall. Um, mm. I, this is important because... Uh, without the grab bars in place and without uh, the, the, you know, uh, clear floors, those are the most important things to look for. Okay. Um, there's okay. also other issues when you uh, are at home. Um, dealing with uh, cooking, for instance, you'd have, you could mm. easily get burnt because you're not watching mm. or you're, you're not used to, to doing it yourself. Well, there's uh, burns. You can get cut very easily. Uh, you could be walking and there could be a, sh uh, a piece of furniture that has a sharp corner and you can get uh, to hurt yourself on the corners of furniture. You could uh, slip or trip over them. Um, there's uh, all kinds of things that you need to also be aware of is that medicine cabinets are important to look into um, because seniors um, may not always know what they should be taking and when and uh, so uh, they could overdose they could uh, take the wrong medication thinking it's a different one uh, so things like that, medicine cabinets should be locked uh, if, if you have someone else that is uh, managing uh, in the house with you. So it, there's a lot of issues mm -hmm. that can be done to improve those things. Mm -hmm. So um, with um, so you're saying that falls are a really big contributor to injuries in the home. Um, so you mentioned, you know, grab bars, um, carpets, non-slip mats. Um, are those the types of things that you need to look for when you're trying to avoid falls? Yes, definitely. Uh, that, that's mm. what I was mm -hmm. uh, referring to. Uh, with all these, yeah. um, they, they prevent trip hazards. Uh, but mm -hmm. as, as you say, clutter will always be a problem. If you have uh, shoes lying in the in the way, uh, it would easily, uh, as you turn, you could not see them and trip over them. There's a lot of different issues there. 
uh, that, mm-hmm. and we're trying to avoid falls. We're trying to avoid uh, hospital visits, you know, uh, and being injured because seniors especially have problem with that. So I imagine that um, a lot of what you're looking at um, when you're assessing a home is uh, to avoid injuries and problems at home. So um, what are some common injuries that um, we're trying to avoid um, when you improve the home? Well, as we said before, falls are very, they're a very large cause of injury in the home. So falls is the most important uh, because if a patient falls or a, a senior or someone with a disability falls, they could break bones, they could have head injuries, they could have a lot of different uh, uh, hurt, or they could get hurt in so many different ways. Um, mm. There's... So, so falls is definitely the main uh, laying situation. There's a lot of other things that can be done as well. Uh, the, um, the you have to be careful of uh, you know in the kitchen so that uh, their uh, uh, seniors are not getting burnt. Uh, or uh, as you're mm-hmm. trying to cook something for themselves. So uh, it's important to have things uh, in place uh, to prevent uh, burns uh, in the kitchen as well. You can get cut very easily. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. having knives and, and uh, sharp objects away from uh, from the uh, from you when you're actually working in the kitchen is is usually very beneficial. There's a lot of things that mm. should be overlooked or should be uh, considered. Uh, in the bathroom is another issue where uh, injuries could happen. Um, you have all this medication usually and different kinds of products, uh, cleaners and, and whatnot uh, that could be in a washroom. So for, for people with disabilities or, or seniors, they could easily can get confused as to what they're using all these products for and they, what, they could have issues uh, with medication and having poisonings or having overdoses because they took the wrong medication mm. or it took them too often. There's uh, there's also um, problems with electrical uh, products that you could uh, have fall into a, a sink full of water or, or anything of that sort. So there's a lot of, lot of things that you could get injured with that's important to... Um, Keep those in mind when you're doing a assessment. Mm-hmm. So, say with the medications, um, how do you prevent people from, you know, um, taking uh, too much of a medication or mixing one medication with another medication? Well, there's different ways that, that could be uh, resolved. 
Um, there are ways, well, first of all, you could have things under lock and key, but if a person is alone in their home, it makes a big difference than if someone is as a caregiver or somebody to help them take their medication. So there's, uh, you have to look at the situation and how people are affected. Uh, mm -hmm. To take medication, uh, I don't know if you have those in uh, other places, but we have uh, containers to separate medication. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would like... Uh, Dose-set yeah. boxes? Uh, something like that. So that yep. could be helpful. There's a lot of other types mm. of ways of doing it. Uh, for myself, I I just need one uh, container just to remind me that I've taken the medication that I need to take that day. But uh, mm. other people may have a different... Uh, approach uh, and we have to mm -hmm. everybody is different so you have to look at all their their uh, uh, the, all the difficulties that they might have when they're trying to do something mm. uh, I actually uh, work in a pharmacy and um, we have um, we call them Webster packs where it's like a week's worth of medication packed up for people if they take multiple doses every day. Uh, but a problem that some of our patients have is um, they're very hard to get into. So we provide these little plastic pieces um, so you, they can punch through the um, plastic and actually get the medication. Um, and so I just, I find that quite interesting um, that we uh, have to find all these solutions um, for, you know, we have, uh, we solve one problem, but we create another problem and then we have to find a solution for that problem again. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's, um, and what about in the kitchen? You did mention that, you know, um, there's, you know, a lot of hazards in the kitchen, you know, burns, cuts, that type of thing. What, how can people, um, what can people do in their kitchens to avoid these problems? Well, it, and these injuries. it depends on um, on the client uh, specifically. If the, if the client is, is mm -hmm. uh, able to reach all the um, appliances and reach the cupboards properly, then there isn't as much of a concern as if as somebody is in a wheelchair for instance, and needs to access mm -hmm. their kitchen. It, it, it makes um, more uh, that needs to be assessed about and how to find the right solutions to meet their needs, mm. to meet the needs that they have. You know. Okay. <laughs> And we also mentioned um, previously uh, with, with clutter, blocking up, you know, exits and things and making moving around difficult. Um, but what happens if um, you need to evacuate during an emergency, say a fire? Um, obviously, clutter will be a, a problem in that case because, you know, you can't escape particularly easy, but easily. But um, what are some other things that people need to be aware of when it comes to emergencies? Well, there's different, again, 
uh, type of emergency is is um, the concern we that we have to face. Uh, it's important to have uh, fire extinguishers, of course, small fires in the kitchen. That would definitely help uh, to alleviate uh, having a big fire to spread throughout the house. But uh, you, mm-hmm. um, their fire extinguishers are very important. Um, and having fire detectors and more, uh, carbon monoxide uh is also an issue, you know, a safety um, product that could be used to prevent all of uh, the fires and to spread. Uh, Because if you're aware of it, then you can address it properly. Prevention is more important than, or prevention with everything is more important, I guess, than having to deal with the aftermath or or during the or during the the emergency. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> That's something that I am uh, totally involved with is emergency preparedness. Uh, we are mm-hmm. uh, doing a big uh, neighborhood. Uh, instruction uh, just for awareness and uh, we're doing a lot in that area well this was something that um, I have more of a problem with because I'm in an apartment building and in an apartment building is a completely different issue uh, than you would find in a home I don't have problems because it's all maintained by the maintenance department. <laughs> so uh, they come in on a monthly basis and assess the uh, fire uh, the hazard situation for every apartment. But in the home, <laughs> it's important to have smoke detectors on each floor and uh, close to each bedroom. Uh, it's important to have carbon monoxide uh, detectors close to uh, fireplaces and to gas burning appliances and um, even the gas furnaces. So those things it's important to keep in mind. Smoke detectors are a big safety um, uh, 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 a safety device that could be very helpful uh, in an emergency. Yes. Um, it's a lot easier to escape when it's a small fire or it's a lot easier to put out if it's a, if there's a small fire rather than waking up to being completely engulfed, unfortunately. Um, hmm. So how often should we be you know if you have a home where you do need to check the fire extingu- uh, the fire alarm and the or the smoke detectors and the carbon monoxide detectors how often should we be doing that well uh it's good to check them on a monthly basis to make sure that everything is is working properly uh the it's recommended twice a year to cha- check and change your batteries if they're battery mm-hmm. operated uh, if 
like in in my apartment, it's all electronic. It's all connected to the electrical system. So there's no batteries to be changed. So they last for uh, a 10 year period before they are replaced, you know? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things that need to be uh, looked at, but it's very simple. Are a simple thing to do, uh, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it prevents a lot of issues if if mm-hmm. uh, they are well uh, well maintained at the bank. Um, I personally find that um, so I'm 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 not very short, but I'm a bit short. Um, I like to say I'm on the short end of average. Um, and uh, I have to get a stepladder to go and get the um, to get the fire alarm. We don't have particularly high roofs um, or ceilings, but I still have trouble actually reaching all the way to the top yes. and um, being able to see well enough to remove the fire alarm um, to check it. So I imagine for anyone who um, is shorter than myself or you know has difficulties cl- climbing ladders, it could be um, difficult to to actually you know maintain the fire alarms yourself well yes it could be an issue especially if you're in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. but uh, that's when you uh, need to get the help of a friend or a family member or somebody uh, that lives in your building to come in and check the things that need to be done on a you know on a monthly monthly basis there isn't a lot of, to do. Uh, you just need to reach up to fire uh, uh, and test the battery. So you can do that with a, a mm. broom handle and reach the button to press oh, it yeah. with a broom handle. But there's a, that's just one of the ways you could go around the, the not being able to reach it uh, on a ladder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point. I have been getting on my ladder to go and reach up to it and um, check it, but I think a broomstick's a bit easier than getting my ladder out. <laughs> that's how I fix that. That's how I do mine. <laughs> very smart, very smart. <laughs> um, so do you have any other recommendations that can be combined or improved uh, or that improve this um, particular practice? There's, there's several different pro, uh, things that can be done to improve the practice. Uh, of course, we're talking about fire um, alarms. There's also, as we mentioned earlier, carbon monoxide te- detectors that also need to be uh, used, um, uh, especially if you have uh, gas-operated uh, equipment in the home. Uh, so th- those need to be checked. Um, it's important to have emergency contact information in case there's an emer- there's a fire, because um, you need to be able to to reach the fire department to have them come to your home and to. Uh, mm-hmm. So those things, if you have their number. Uh, in a safe place where you can easily access it, uh, uh, then that would be a benefit. Um, it's important to have secure windows and secure doors so that 
they are closed and uh, and prevent the fire from spreading quickly. Um, mm -hmm. Labable material is another issue that we could um, look at uh, if you have curtain close to uh, a range is not a good good situation to be in. Um, so you have to look at where you have sources of fire uh, or heat that could cause fires. Um, having a, an emergency plan, if you're on a uh, in the home and you have more than one floor in your home, it's important to be able to know where to meet and where to go. And if you have to uh, use a window to go out or, or if you can do uh, an evacuation uh, during, um, uh, you can do the evacuation uh, with the, um, uh, through a normal route and through normal doors. Um, there are things that uh, can be used if you are on a multi-story building uh, to the, there's evacuation chairs that are possible to use uh, and have uh, uh, the, the, the product is a very uh, good evacuation product to uh, easily move people that are on in a wheelchair, for instance, to go down several stairs. Uh, and mm. so those are all important things that need to be uh, considered as well to prevent fires in the hall. Mm. Yes, definitely. Um, in my apartment, um, so I do live in an apartment. It's just off the first floor, so we're not too high up. But we've only got one. We got one exit and one balcony exit. So I always wonder if we had a fire, would we just jump off the balcony? Um, it's not very safe, I don't think. Um, and we don't have anything like an evacuation chair, unfortunately. We also don't have a lift, which isn't very uh, well, good. Well, a uh, lift. You're not supposed to use in an emergency in a fire. They are mm. uh, usually uh, sealed off so that they don't operate when the fire alarm is mm. on. They don't operate. So uh, the, that's oh, uh, one of the things that you have to be uh, aware of as well. Uh, in the building, there's emergency evacuation plans, and they uh, explain where you should go and where you should meet and where the alarms are and all these things in place. Um, the evacuation chair, you're on the, the first floor. It's not it's too difficult, but there are a lot of, of things, mm -hmm. people uh, in taller apartment buildings uh, that uh, evacuation chairs would be a very be a big benefit to have in the apartment mm. building. Mm. Yes, I imagine so. So I imagine that, um, you know, different abilities, different disabilities and different ages, they need different things. You mentioned before that, you know, people with low vision maybe need less clutter on the ground, whereas people um, who use wheelchairs, you know, they might need a different kitchen layout. So what kinds of 
different abilities and disabilities um, are we talking about today? Well, there there are several disabilities that you need to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In um, the uh, Statistics Canada, we have a uh, group of um, disabilities that we have highlighted. We have 10 different types of disabilities. So the first one, of course, is vision. You, you know, someone that has low vision or is blind is very uh, more at risk in so many different ways because they are not aware of what's happening uh, around them. There are uh, pe- uh, people with disabilities for hearing. So with alarm uh, systems in place, they would have difficulty uh, hearing. So there are alarms that are uh, used that have a strobe light so that they could see that there's alarm being rung with them uh, not being able to hear it. So that's uh, one of the things that uh, disabilities with hearing is is being uh, uh, mentioned. There are people with mobility issues, so that is a, a difficulty for many people. Uh, not just because you no know, seniors as well as people with disabilities have a hard time to move around in the home and to to uh, you know, in an emergency, they need special care to as get out and to, uh, 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 you know, evacuate properly. Um, but other uh, another disability is flexibility. Flexibility is another issue that uh, uh, disability that uh, we have listed in our are a group of 10. Uh, this is the number fourth on the list. And flexibility is something that people have difficulty uh, moving and uh, straightening up. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, flexibility can be a difficulty because about the muscles and in, in the limbs, and it, it causes a lot of difficulties. Um, there's also dexterity, which is a number of fifth group. Dexterity uh, can also be an issue for a lot of people, uh, especially those with arthritis, uh, and that causes pain in the joints and in the fingers, and they have a difficulty moving their fingers in order to grab things and to be able to um, open jars and open to do different things using their hands. Um, we also have pain as a number six issue. Um, pain can affect people in so many different ways. Uh, it could be in their limbs, it could be in their joints, it could be in their muscles. It, 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 and it sometimes it's it's not even detectable. 
what you have aimed. And so that's one of the uh, disabilities that are not, um, of, uh, they're not visual. Mm. Um, other types of disabilities are uh, dealing more with the mental side of things. And this is, uh, number seven is a learning disability that causes uh, issues. So looking at uh, a, a learning disability makes it an issue in a home situation where you're trying to um, uh, assess the, uh, the the space, but also the individual to know what they need to protect them and keep them safe. Um, there's also in the, 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 the developmental side, there's the eight disability. Um, as well as uh, mental and psychological disabilities, which would be number nine and number 10 is memory. So all these can affect you. You can have some certain amounts of each and affecting you in a lot of different ways. For myself, if I may, I had a stroke and I have problems in a lot of areas. I go down the list. I cover most of the issues in that list because I have dexterity problems. I have uh, movement and mobility problems. Uh, and uh, being a senior, I'm having problems with my hearing. So all these things take effect on a person. And that is important when you're doing assessments for this. Mm. Yes. Um, quite a few. I mean, quite a few of those, I think, um, you know, I thought about, you know, I think mobility is a big one that we think about a lot, but I think a few of the other ones, you know, learning disabilities, um, that's not something I think that comes to mind, you know, when I'm thinking about disabilities and when I'm thinking about um, changes we have to make to the home. Um, and we do discuss, I think, a lot of um, the more physical things, you know, um, removing clutter to prevent trips and things. But what kinds of changes do you need to make um, for someone with a learning disability or someone with um, a mental disability? Well, uh, a good example is this. In our assessment, we have a, a checklist that we go down and, and do. I have 200 questions that I can ask to uh, make a proper assessment. And that's not a complete list. There could be other things that are even added to that, but that is something that is comprehensive enough to cover most things. But we also have uh, about 60 questions um, that are completely uh, directed for somebody who has problems with dementia or Alzheimer's, so some kind or any other kind of uh, uh, 
mental disability. You need to make sure certain things are in place uh, so that the uh, dangerous areas are kept out of reach. Uh, for instance, uh, doors to down the staircase, for instance, that you keep the door locked, uh, something simple like that. Uh, but it's something that could be very um, uh, uh, a bit difficulty for somebody if they have a problem. They could fall down the stairs and could have uh, severe uh, injuries because of it. Mm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Lots of things I hadn't thought about before. Yeah. Well, there's a as I, as you say, there's a lot of disabilities that people see and disabilities that are not seen. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but they are still something that is important to, to um, mm -hmm. mm, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so uh, we're going to move to the open mic section now. So the open open mic section is where we get uh, you, the guest, to talk about something that you're passionate about. And it doesn't have to be related to our topic, um, but it can be related if you like. Um, did you have something in mind? Uh, well, I have a lot of things that I'm involved with uh, as uh, to keep my life afloat, if you will. But uh, I am particularly interested in the area of 3D printing, which is something that I've been involved with now for a year and a half. And um, I have been a volunteer for uh, a society uh, that makes... Um, devices, assistive devices for people with disabilities. And uh, the 3D printing has, is something that we have, um, uh, that I have been involved with. We make all kinds of prints. And this is an example. This is a base for a switch. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be attached to uh, a table or to uh, something. It has holes. It could be attached in any position. It has channels that can um, be used to, be, uh, to insert the electronics involved. So we have some more components that we print to hold the electrical components in place. And then we have a cap, which is just a small that sits on top. And so it makes a, a switch and hmm. you turn something on and off. And a lot of the things that these are used for would be to operate uh, an on and switch on a toy or a uh, something of that nature for children. 
and we do a lot of uh, printing for that purpose. But we also do all kinds of other things. We talked earlier, uh, Gabriella, about you. Uh, you talked about having uh, something open a pack uh, for your medication. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that we make uh, for people with to uh, s- separate or to cut their pills in half. So mm-hmm. it's a small little thing, but it works quite well. Cuts the pill in the half and allows you to uh, take a lesser dose. Mm. So, so there's a lot of things we make. This one is a um, is for a toothpaste or a, a, a toothpaste uh, tube. So you would put it through the the grooves, and you would push this along to keep put all the toothpaste at the one end. You mm-hmm. see, and there's two different styles. I have one as well that has one slot which I use for toothpaste. And this one has two slots, a different in style. I use that for ointments and that sort of thing. So they can be used, uh, a small thing that that we do uh, for my business, because I do 3D printing, a small little gift to uh, for people to remember us by. This is another uh, convenient thing for people that has problems with dexterity. This is a button holder. So you would put it through the button hole in one side and catch the button and pull it through. Ah. So that's a, a little uh, thing for someone with dexterity issues. And we also make, uh, you know, so many things, but this is a clip. Mm-hmm. So if you have a bag that needs to be sealed that doesn't have a ziplock, you can clip these. They come in different sizes. Mm-hmm. The uh, interesting part about this is this is all printed in one print. It's uh-huh. not assembled or anything. It, it is only printed, and all the joints and all the it's all done, and it locks into place and pulls the bag closed. It's a very interesting process. I don't know if you can see it, but I'm in the process of printing the switch bases behind me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. There's my oh, I print. I can see it moving. Meter. Okay. It, let me see if I can get closer. And this simple process, it works on a three-dimension scale. So you have three axes. And you, uh, the machine knows where it's positional, so it, mm-hmm. it, it's all programmed, uh, and it it works with the filament. Then it mm. melts the um, uh, it melts the filament and puts it in place. Yeah, so it's amazing. You have a heated bed, and a, the filament is heated to the nozzle. And so that's how it, it uh, is made and it becomes, you know, part like this. That's great. Um, what can I say about it? The, 
it's an interesting process for myself because I used to be a quality uh, technician and we used similar equipment like that called a CMM machine and it was to measure parts, uh, not to actually make it. But it works on the same principle. So it was a natural transition for me now that I'm disabled to have something that I am quite familiar with and have something working there uh, on a daily basis uh, and fills my life very, very much because, as I said, I have printed already 50 of these bases, and each base takes about two hours to print. So mm-hmm. I've printed quite a few. Uh, I'm in a group that does that. Uh, the organization that it, uh, that we have is called the Neil Squire Society, and they uh, make all kinds of devices for for uh, uh, people with disabilities. And uh, the group, there are other people within the group, and they have been helping. We are in the process of making a collection uh, of. Uh, we're going to make a hundred of these switches. So mm-hmm. we need all the components and we need all the parts necessary. Mm-hmm. So if people want, I, I'm guessing that if people want um, these types of, um, you know, printed products, um, if they're in Canada, can they just reach out to you and um, ask you for them? Or, um, you know, can they order them from your website for a price? Uh, well, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends what you're looking for, of course, but uh, you could always reach me uh, mm-hmm. from my website or from mm-hmm. my or my uh, email address. Yeah, we'll put those in the show notes so people can find them. Okay. Another thing that I've been involved with is um, prosthetics. Ah, with, cool. Uh, I am in just starting... Uh, to join a group that makes prosthetics and they reach out globally uh, to different uh, organizations and uh, one in particular um, is called Victoria Hand uh, Project and it comes from Victoria uh, in uh, Vancouver Island uh, here in Canada and they are reaching out to many countries uh, such as Uganda, which I'm involved with, uh, Uganda and in the and India as well. So I have connections there in the groups that I follow and, and work with and associate with. So there's a lot of interest in, in the Trinity printing and what it can do for people in third world war uh, worlds that have no access to a lot of things, especially mm. pro- prosthetics. That's amazing. Um, I've seen a lot how, um, yeah, 3D printing can make uh, some things that were previously very expensive and very inaccessible, much more accessible. So that's that's uh-huh. great that you're um, involved in all of that. And um, you certainly sound incredibly busy. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. very. There's a lot of areas where I, I volunteer, I work uh, we do a lot of uh, emergency preparedness in our area, in our neighborhood, in our community. 
uh, we uh, I belong to some volunteer groups. Some uh, I'm uh, working with uh, the Neil Squire, and I'm also working um, with my business and operating my business and dealing with the uh, people that work for me, uh, mm-hmm. my employees. Um, one of the things that we are involved with is uh, finding employment for people with disabilities. And I have four people within the groups that are disabled. Uh, and uh, so 50% of our company is, is uh, dealt with and taken care of through uh, people with, with disabilities. So we try to incorporate as much as we can uh, to reach out to people and to do the most. Mm, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I love that. Well, it's, as my motto said, it's a place for all. Mm, and, exactly. Uh, uh, and that's why the name uh, Accessible Places uh, is a place for all. It's It shouldn't be a restriction. It shouldn't be... Um, a deterrent, or it shouldn't be an, um, uh, a barrier. It should be helped along as much as possible because people with disabilities have the possibility of doing a lot of things mm-hmm. uh, and uh, can have a decent and fulfilling life as well. Mm. Yes, definitely. Um... Thank you for sharing us uh, sharing that with us today. Um, I think that's that's really important to to know that um, we're not just trying to we're trying to make the world accessible for all, and we're trying to make our homes and our spaces more accessible, and doing it through you know um, a lot of your work. So um, thank you for sharing that with us today. Um, Thank you. So um, you did mention before that if people want to get in touch with you, they should go um, to your website um, and your email, which we will put in the show notes. Um, is there anywhere else that people can reach you or you'd like people to reach you? Um, that's the best. The best uh, way? Myself. Yeah, best way is through email or through the website because we have everything in place there to uh, either purchase things or, uh, uh, order things, but we also have a full list of the services we provide, and it's available there for you. And uh, if there's any questions, I'm always available by telephone as well. Okay. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It was, um, yeah, I've learned so much and I've got lots to think about. Well, thank you for having me. I was, uh, I really appreciate the uh, opportunity and the um, and all that you've done uh, and discussed with me today thank you you've been listening to on the house produced by the household management science labs a division of lmsl the life management science labs more episodes like this from across 10 life management perspectives can be found by searching lmsl on apple podcasts google podcasts YouTube, Spotify, and other podcasting apps available on your smart devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, 
and subscribing to our channel as it helps other people find it so we can grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website at hm.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Gabriella Yastra. Thanks for tuning in.